Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are listening to a Rattle Broadcasting premiere podcast, Damn You Hollywood, and here's your host, this man gets no bitches, Robert Winfrey, yay! Yeah, I don't conform to a quasi-societal belief that promiscuity and potentially treating women like disposable notches on beds or conquests to be had is a thing that I value. So, hey, who'd have thought? In case anyone's wondering, he got a comment on TikTok and that was and that was it. So we decided to play with it to open the show. How are you doing, Robert? I'm doing OK. Well, nice to be over here in a bitch free zone. <laughs> <laughs> See this? No bitches. None. None to be had. Um, That's all right. Well, Robert, speaking of bitches, we got two movies to review tonight here on Damn You Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, we do. And for some reason, I'm going to have to yell at critics. I'm looking at at least one of them. <laughs> and I'm going to bring up the other one in a second. And that's this is going to go badly. <laughs> well, the first movie that we'll be reviewing tonight, we'll just jump right into it because I think we're going to spend we're going to need to spend some time with this. Just me and you, by the way, just me and you all cozy. No, no Alexis, no David, no Andrew, nobody here. Just me and you alone in the darkness talking about erotic thrillers. I take issue. <laughs> I take fundamental issue with categorizing deep water as either erotic or a thriller. I'm glad you said that because I completely agree with you. This deep water was neither erotic nor a thriller nor an erotic thriller. Yeah, it's. Uh... It's none of those things, in point of fact. Jason would like to let us know that he's here. Hi, Jason. We're glad you're here. I see you, Jason Teasley. I see you. Um, all right. So, yeah, Deep Water. If you're if you're looking for an erotic thriller, you have wandered into a dark alley and you're Here's about to a... lose pearls. You know how I knew this thing was doomed. How did I you saw... know it was doomed? I saw a meme about this movie on Twitter. Exactly one meme about this movie on Twitter mm-hmm. because no one else cared. Mm-hmm. It was the it was the Vince McMahon meme, the progression okay. of his faces, you know, from the Stacey Keeble. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. It's hang on for people who might be listening to this for the first time because they're interested in what our take on Deep Water is. There's a Vince McMahon owns the WWE. There's a there's a progressive uh, meme where he makes he wide eyeballs, mouth agape, falling over a chair. It's it's it, it's to display him in various stages of ecstasy. It's used for a variety of things as memes are go. And it's it starts with the talk like hey it's uh, an erotic thriller Happy Vince starring <laughs> Ben Affleck and Anna Darmus Happier Vince <laughs> written by Barry Levinson and the last one is just a picture of Vince McMahon from 2022. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So all uh, that needs to be said. <laughs> so it is just me and you tonight, which means I can let you do your job. Let's why don't we um. I'll, uh, I'll start it off here, and then I'll pitch it over to you. So Deep Water is a 2022, theoretically, an erotic psychological thriller directed by 
a Adrian Lin. Uh, Adrian Lin responsible for uh, Unfaithful in 2002, Lolita from 1997, Indecent Proposal 1993. These are all ones he directed. Jacob's Ladder, Fatal Attraction, Nine and a Half Weeks, Flashdance, Foxes. Um, so not exactly like an, an untalented director here. This is somebody who... I blame... Is, I blame the writing for this almost entirely. Yeah. I was going to say, like, you know, the, the direction on this, he's obviously a capable director. A lot of those are classic films that he's done. Um, it was from a screenplay by but, Zach Hellman, Sam Levinson. And it's Sam based Levinson, on the, not Barry, my mistake. But, yeah. And um, based on the 1957 novel of the same name by Patricia Highsmith. It stars Ben Affleck and Anna de Armas with Tracy Letts, Little Rel Howery, who is, like, getting just crap tons of work, man. He shows up as the best friend in like every movie. That's his whole, that's like his whole thing. And I'm sure he's happy to do it. Dash Mihawk, Finn Wittrock, Kristen Connolly, Jacob Elrody. Uh, and this was actually supposed to be in theaters, but COVID, <laughs> Disney, 20th Century Fox, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it was supposed to be originally released in November 13th of 2020, but was delayed till August 13th of 2021. And then to January of 2022. On December 9th of 2021, it was taken off the release schedule. Four days later, it was reported the film would move to Hulu as an exclusive release in the Amazon Prime uh, in the rest of the world internationally. February 14th, 2022, it was announced the film would be released on Hulu March 18th, 2022, and on Prime Video simultaneously. All right, Robert, um, go ahead and talk about what Deep Water is about. The plot of Deep Water is a lot of rinse and repeat. It tends to go as follows. We're introduced to Ben Affleck. He likes to ride his bike. <laughs> We're introduced to his crazy wife. <laughs> she likes being crazy and drunk. They've got a daughter who has a collective IQ that's higher than both of their, who has an <laughs> IQ that's higher than both of theirs combined. <laughs> thus leading to, again, one of my least favorite writing tropes. Let's write the kid as an adult. Mm-hmm. And they're stuck in a weird marriage where she does not find him all that passionate or all that interesting and has various affairs. And he pretends to be okay with this while secretly murdering all the men that she sleeps with. Okay. It's very important to know that you don't know he's murdering them until the, like the third. The act. hell you <laughs> don't. It is in. It is meant to be implied by the film that it could be his imagination or he could really be murdering them. It is murky until the third act when it is when it is, it is beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is, in fact, killing these people. It is not nearly as murky as the script thinks it is. That's fine. But tell the people what it is, not what you saw. I'm telling the people how it is. <laughs> okay. He says, he says I one of the first things, he says, I killed her last boyfriend. And the guy goes... Wait, you shouldn't joke about that. Well, who says I'm joking? And then you're kind of led to believe, well, maybe. And that's the only one of those that they handle well. Because yeah. when they find the guy's body, because he says, I hit him in the head with a hammer. When mm -hmm. they find his body, now he was shot to death. Right. The second time it happens with the pool. that That's where you're done. Like At that okay. point, if you as an audience member have anything like a functioning brain, you know what happened. Okay. Like you are supposed to be led to believe based on how those scenes are shot that and I'm it could have been to believe, and I'm apparently supposed to believe Marco's stunt can beat someone in a fight too but hey I'm not <laughs> going to play along 
the I understand you're not, but the general audience is supposed to be led to a, believe that it could be Ben Affleck's imagination. The script wants you to think it's still a mystery. It's not. It's obvious he's killing these people, but that's one of the failures of writing here. But midway through the movie, when the guy, when the piano player dies in the pool, you are supposed to think it could or could not be Ben Affleck. We're not sure. It is only until we get to the boyfriend from her past when you see him kill, when you see Ben Affleck kill him, then you know, oh no, he's killed all of these people. Ah, thriller. Go on. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, and it kind of goes like this he scares off the first boyfriend. By saying, no, I killed her previous one. And just kind of intimidating him away. She gets annoyed. They fight. She goes to hook up. She starts hooking up with a piano player. Who drowns in a pool. Clearly done by Ben Affleck, but with no evidence to support it. She gets upset. They fight. She starts seeing someone from her past who moved back into town and is doing work. Uh, ben Affleck kills him. Yeah, takes him out in the woods and essentially, like, he throws Shoves a rock at his cliff. Well, he throws a rock at his head and the guy stumbles back. He tries to catch himself and the the weed or the plant that he's holding on to becomes uprooted and then he falls off the cliff. Yeah, he falls off a cliff and dies. They go on a picnic. One of their friends, because the only way this movie knows how to give you exposition well, is hey house party so <laughs> many house parties it's a lot of rich white people smoking weed and drinking stop it <laughs> just stop it uh one of their so one of their friends believes that vic is responsible for murders because his wife accused him after the death of the piano player like you killed him yes clearly there were so <laughs> many other people around like it should be like, this is one of those things that I hate about the writing of this movie. That should be her being stupid. Like, there's a bunch of us here. You were all 10 feet away inside the house. Sure, I drowned him. Right. And instead... Well, that's the thing. <clears throat> You're made to believe that he went inside the house at the same time as Lil Rel Howery. But then... You are not made to believe. That was never what I got out of that. Okay. The way that it's shot and cut... He's sitting there with Lil Rel, Ben Affleck. It starts to rain. It's a close-up shot of the back of their heads, and they're talking, and Ben Affleck goes, oh, it's raining. And then they cut away. They're in the house. They cut okay. back. You, the guy has drowned in the pool. There's at least one scene there that you're forgetting. Okay. They're sitting there in the pool, and everyone else goes in because it's raining. And you've got now the piano player swimming around, and you've got Ben Affleck and Laurel sitting on the edge of the pool right laurel goes is it raining ben affleck goes yes laurel goes man i i'm high as fuck <laughs> gotta get out of here <laughs> i'm getting inside because he didn't realize it was raining he gets up and leaves and then that leave we get like this long lingering shot of okay. ben affleck staring at him and it's just the two of them now okay and that i missed because that, that's why that that's why i was insisting like <clears throat> it, it could be murky i see now your point about like no it's clear he killed him especially when they're showing you shots of it. But it's, again, it's a, it's, it's a poor editing, I think, maybe, that the intent is to make it murky, but it fails to do so. Miserably. All right, so get to the end of the movie, because I want to talk about this. So 
one of their again one of their uh, friends is someone who believes Vic's wife uh, Ben Affleck's wife and they hire a private investigator and this goes badly and he follows Ben Affleck's character to uh, the 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 picnic that they go on is ba- is right near where he killed the uh, the character's the old, name was Tony the ex boyfriend yeah right near there. He winds up going back there, Ben Affleck does, because the killer always returns to the scene of the crime. Now, his wife left a scarf. So he goes there to retrieve that and to kind of reweight down the body that he had sunk in this small river that's right there. Their neighbor fr- friend sees this and concludes what's going on and tries to flee with information. Doesn't really have information, but, but, he's, but, yeah. but throughout the movie, he has suspected Ben Affleck of being the murderer. He has because the plot wanted him to. Yeah. Literally no other reason. Well, it it was almost like it was one of those like step one collect underpants, step three profit. It was like it was like here we have this screenwriter. He writes screenwriting things. Missing piece of footage. He's the best person to figure out that Ben Affleck's the murderer. And I'm like, did we go from screenwriters or detectives and I missed a step in between? Could have been. Anyway, so he starts driving away from Ben Affleck, who chases him on his mountain bike. Long and the short of that is there's a horrible car crash. Neighbor dies. Right around this time back at their house, um, Anna Darmus has realized that Ben Affleck has been killing all of her lovers. (laughs) Tries to pack up and pack up their daughter and leave, and their daughter goes, no, you're crazy, and I don't like you, and I'm staying with dad. And she goes, you know what, small child, you've demonstrated the most sound and reasoned logic throughout this entire endeavor. I'm going to do whatever you say from now on. You will get cake every morning for breakfast, and I will stay married to a serial killer. Right. All right. I'm going to say this right at the top. This movie sucks. It does suck, but we can tear apart the craft in just a few minutes. I want to say the following, just so I feel like I've gotten this off my chest, and for people who are watching this and hearing this discussion know that it was said early enough on that if you don't really want to hear the rest of the movie review, you don't have to. The I, the way you said it, eh, I'm going to re, I'm going to say it again, but I'm going to say it nicer. They uh, have an agreement between them. They, they are, she is ethically non-monogamous and Ben Affleck for However, forever else, we're, we're talking about the serial killing part of it is at least on paper agreed that this is their arrangement. This is brought up several times in the first act because people are confronting him about it. They're like, hey, your wife is, is sleeping around on you. And he's like, I know. Well, don't you care? No, not particularly. I, I want her to be happy. Ethical non-monogamy makes her happy. I don't necessarily have that need in my life. This is where we are. Another thing about their marriage you, this you brought up, and, and it does need some addressing. She part of what's driving her behavior and her need for ENM is that she uh, she needs Ben Affleck, who plays a you know, very stoic middle aged man, uh, maybe dispassionate would be another way of putting it, to prove his love to her and devotion by showing some sort of passion, which he doesn't seem to have in him. There are things in the movie like he collects snails and he does this and he does that. And, you know, it's said that he was a computer person. And he designed a chip that went into drones. And because of that, that's why he has so much money, et cetera. Et cetera. Because, dro- because, Mark, because drones are bad. Yes, we can talk about that <laughs> if you want. We don't need, we don't need, <laughs> look, I'm going to, 
No, no, let, let's not. Let's just do the <laughs> Look, that's me taking a shot at the bad writing. I will okay. yell about this a lot more when we talk about Windfall because okay. there's a much worse. Yeah. Oi. <laughs> there's a much worse example of the same. I at least have something to talk about with Deepwater. With Windfall, I'm going to be like, <laughs> anyway. So my, my point is, between her needs for passion and love and multiple She's, lovers. Look, they're both unstable, and they're unstable in a terrible feedback loop, is all that is. <laughs> That's an interpretation. Um, How is so, it? Hold on. on. No, 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 wait, wait. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> More for her than him. I And, and I'll, I'll get to that in a second, because if you're going to press me on it, I can explain myself. Obviously, right. he's killing people. There's something wrong with him. But... We, but the movie has to get you to that place because you're not there in the beginning. In the beginning, taking at face value, they have an agreement amongst them. The conflict is the rest of the neighborhood's like, what the F? And Ben Affleck is like, no, this is fine. Um, clearly, it's not fine. And that's part of the, the, the plot of this is that he's like secretly seething about it and feels the need to kill these people because like he doesn't want to tell his wife no, just common enough. On the other hand, you know, so he's agreeing to it to save face in a way, but then underneath he's killing all of these people because he doesn't really want this to happen. And he, you know, and it's like, yeah, sure, sleep with all these people, but there's no one to sleep with because he's killed everybody. It's dumb, but and, and it's pointing at something that does happen in, in these relationships where someone in the relationship gives in to another person's need for ENM, polyamory, etc. Um and doesn't really agree with it, but feels like the marriage is valuable enough to hang on to it anyway. And then you're just having to process your own uh, psychological issues with it in a variety of ways that don't include murder. Anyway, you that... look, you collect snails, you take up mountain biking, <laughs> you off a few people. It's all good. <laughs> That's a, everyone needs a hobby. Anyway, <laughs> Mur look, and... murder is very involved. Then you lie. Then you lie about what about how about the only way to kill snails before you eat them. You just eh. the point that I'm getting that to bothered me it, more than a lot of other stuff in this movie. Like you know, well, you have to starve them. No, you really don't. <laughs> I just want to say this, and then we can move on because because we could. I don't want to be here for an hour just discussing just discussing the nature of polyamory and EM. Um, to say this. The movie tries to talk about it, but in the most like ham-fisted and awkward way possible, to the point that it's kind of insulting to that community. And I and I asked people about it because I, I know people in that community, and I'm like, "Have you seen this movie? Did you like it? <laughs> like, does, do you feel like this represents your community in any way, shape, or form?" And you know, I haven't gotten a tremendous amount of feedback yet, but I'm gonna guess no. Um, this is not. This is fairly well, insulting. You know, the, look, the murder rate in the world is going up, so. <laughs> I feel like, you know, you keep saying, you know, Arna de Armas's character, uh, Ama, is that right? Uh, ba, 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 uh, Anna. Anna, thank you. Anna Literally Armas at the top of the screen, if you're looking above your own head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just switched screens to look at the thing that was on the screen. Anna de Armas um, from Knives Out. You're like, oh, she's crazy. <laughs> look, uh, I don't know if crazy would be the right word. I mean, obviously not particularly fulfilled in this marriage in, in any way, shape, or form. I said, <laughs> okay, in my defense, I did not say crazy. Like, mm -hmm. I said crazy, dis like, passingly. If you want a more serious mm -hmm. assessment, yes, I would go with unstable. She's a deeply unstable person. She's She's got some issues going on, but the the issues she's got going on are not that she decided she's ENM. 
that's not fair. And it's not fair to the people who go into that lifestyle who are perfectly sane individuals. Um, point being, her stuff... And, and, you know, and the other thing about like needing passion from a man, you know, and, and having, you know, men who are, I, I was thinking about this earlier and how I wanted to talk about it. You know, you, we as men don't grow up with the language of feelings. This is not something taught to us. We may learn it over time, but many men don't know how to talk about how they feel about things, how they think about things. You know, we're, we're raised a different way and we're certainly not raised to express our feelings when we have them, but we get sad, we get resentful, we get angry, we feel jealousy, all of these things. And they come out in a variety of ways, some of which are not acceptable. My point being that- Like walking on stage and slapping a comedian. Yeah, well, as one example, sure. I don't know when that would happen. That seems crazy that a, a, a why would you Why would you commit assault on a worldwide broadcast theoretically well, yeah. being seen by dozens of people if you look at the ratings? <laughs> it was seen by all the people in the building. Anyway. Seen by more people on Twitter than by anyone watching on television. <laughs> yeah, I fell asleep before that happened, and I woke up, and my wife's like, apparently we fell asleep way too soon. And I'm like, yeah, that's one opinion. Anyway. I mean, again... For the record about that incident, I'm still 80% convinced it's a work. Yeah, well, Some of y'all have never seen a pro wrestling incident at its shows. It's The consensus is about 50-50. Moving on. I guess I, really, I, I didn't want to talk about it yesterday. I certainly don't want to talk about it now. Um, my point I only brought it up because you brought up how men react inappropriately at times. <laughs> and that is a, a very good example. Here's a, here's a prescient example. <laughs> so it is not unheard of nor have I personally never seen it, but you know, not never seen it before where a woman feels like, because a man devoid of any sort of language of emo uh, emotional language skills cannot express to her his love and devotion in a way that she can hear it and feel valued will provoke said man to act out. So then at least there's something, this is not the first movie to deal with that. This is not the first time it's been seen in, in, in actual marriages. This is something I think that's highly relatable. I think that's the movie's biggest I'm crime pretty, is that I'm a lot of sure Ben Affleck was just playing himself because I would <laughs> bet this, this happened in at least one of his marriages. I would not doubt it. I, the funny thing about this to me is that the movie in terms of theme, I think is something that is highly relatable. You don't have to be E&M to relate to this, but, but I would tell you that people who do not, who do not break the monogamy of their marriage do think about it and you know and you know in the back of their mind secretly with you know with their shame and religious convictions are going eh, this is be something that i would like to do but xyz reason i don't and i think there's more and it's not something you would admit out loud to people so because again shame rejection uh condemnation by your neighbors etc cetera, etc cetera, by your family um so Again, I think there's things going on in this movie that are very relatable. I think the relationship between Arna de Armas, Anna de Armas and Ben Affleck is not really as otherworldly as you might think. I think it's very true to what, what people go through all over, at the very least, the United States. I can't speak to Europe. Um, but that said, the movie doesn't treat the material with any kind of real respect. It kind of treats that very thing that deserves some respect and exploration as if it's just sinful. And I don't know how the book treated it. I would, I mean, it was written in 1957, who the hell knows, but it definitely makes it feel like, oh, Anna de Armas's character is trash and, and Ben Affleck's in the right until, and the only reason why he's not in the right is when you suddenly realize he's the murderer. 
which is a big problem I have with this movie because it's like you're made to believe, as, as you put it, that she's unstable and she's doing all of these things. And, she, you know, and Ben Affleck's in the right to try to curb her behavior. And he gaslights her a couple of times and he calls her drunk and stuff like that. The best well, part of this know, movie. <laughs> when she's drunk. Yeah, but quacks like a duck. Um, there's a really great conversation. One of the, the only really good parts of this movie is when he confronts her on the staircase and he's like, you're a mom. You know, we have a child together. We have a family. And she's like, yeah, those were all your decisions. And I've done those things now to make you happy. This is what makes me happy. Whether you like it or not, whether you choose to believe it's a real thing, boy, have I heard that before. I have heard other people say that about their relationships, that they had children maybe too soon, maybe before they were ready. And then they get to a point where those children are old enough to, you know, that they don't need their mom on top of them as much. And that's at, and it is at that point. Or have, try or have a child prodigy. Yeah, yeah, well, we can you can talk about that. Who's written like an adult. <laughs> they get to a point where they don't have to do as much mothering, and it is at that point that they realize, hey, there's a piece of my life that I buried, that I repressed. I would like to unrepress that now because it is affecting my mental health. Again, that's an interesting subject to explore. I wish the movie did a better job of it. I'm going to shut up for five seconds so that we can shift over and talk about the actual film craft because... I I want to go ahead and say the subject matter is worthy of at least sound discussion. The handling of said subject matter is the movie's biggest flaw. Go ahead. What are your thoughts on the craft? This is a boring movie. Oh, yeah, it's boring. <laughs> there, there's scenes where the script and the director and where everyone clearly thinks there's tension here. <laughs> and this inherent tension is what's going to carry the scene. Except there's no tension. Yeah. There's no there's no question about Ben Affleck's guilt. Absolutely none. At what point in the movie? I mean, I believed him right away. Okay. For like he says I killed I killed her last boyfriend. I went, "Yeah, I'll buy that." Okay, but now hit yourself in the head with a cookie platter and and try that one more time. For the average for the average person who doesn't go to the movies and watches all their stuff on streaming uh, apps, who's watching this on Netflix, who's watching this on Hulu, I'm telling you, nobody buys that he's the killer until after the pool scene. And then maybe not even then. Okay, even if you, bare minimum, the pool is when you, is when the penny should drop. Bare <laughs> okay, minimum. Okay, fair enough. And the, the movie doesn't think that it has. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a problem. The movie's still there going, well, we've got it. We've got him in suspense. Like, no, you don't. You <laughs> really, really don't. The first cocktail party, you, you know, it, it, where you see her flirting with her blonde boyfriend that he will eventually intimidate, and you're just kind of seeing him stewing. He's drinking and he's stewing and he's drinking and he's stewing. And the one woman comes up to he him and somehow says, manages to brood more here than he ever did as Batman. <laughs> and then you know the woman comes up to him and is like, "How do you feel about all of this?" and you know, and then he kind of brightens up just a little bit. And it's like, hey, we're fine. I don't have a problem with this. This is what we do. Okay. And again, to your point about tension, you are supposed to be with Ben Affleck in those scenes. And it's like, they overdid it, I think, with the cold stoicism. You know, 
you know, they they wanted to they wanted to make him just cold enough so that there's a reason Anna de Armas feels like she has to provoke him, but it feels like it went too far to the point where it doesn't add to the tension at all, and you're just kind of you're you're taught you're you're, you're when you said before about there's a lot of rinse repeat here. It's literally she meets a guy, she's sleeping with him. Ben Affleck uh, inserts Walker, himself in it. Hang on, it, it goes very specifically like this. <laughs> Guy's introduced, fancy party, Ben Affleck interacts with him, Ben Affleck interacts with him again in a more intimate setting, either a dinner with the family or running into him, put air quotes around running into, Mm -hmm. murder, and then (laughs) do it again. Right. And it happens, blonde guy, piano player, yeah, and then boyfriend. It's boring. It's repetitive in a way that is utterly uninteresting. Mm-hmm. The the best parts of the discussions between him and Anna de Armas, like I said, the the the, the conversation on the staircase um, is probably the highlight of the movie for me. And there's a couple of other instances where she's like, "I I do this because I'm not getting what I need out of you." So the interactions between her and Ben Affleck, if anything saves this movie, it's those. Unless you're utterly disinterested then fine (laughs) yeah you're completely no forced here at gunpoint but if you have even at least a modicum of interest in the subject matter the best parts of this movie are just the interactions between ben affleck and anna de armas the rest of the movie like you said falls flat and is repetitive and the you know lacking intention and even like the murders themselves the, the the pool thing could have been handled so much more so much better but they cut it to pieces. It was one of those things where, like, I you know, that's why I said I think in in editing they were like, we want to make this seem like it could be a fever dream, or you know, it could be you know him just fantasizing. We want to make the audience unclear. Well, how do we do that? I don't know. Cut it to pieces. Let's edit this thing with a weed whacker. It's it was a little unreadable at times. Just a touch. Mm-hmm. Um. You can make a movie with unlikable leads. Mm-hmm. You just have to have something else there to help drive the audience's interest. If your leads are unlikable, and they are, and your story sucks, and it does, and there's no tension, and there isn't, and you've sold this thing on the premise of an erotic thriller. Which it isn't. Which it isn't. <laughs> well, let's, let, let, let's, 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 let's compartmentalize that. It's not erotic. There's, nope. there's no nudity or, does not equal eroticism, people. Well, not, there's no sex in the movie. Have did you no. notice that? There's, there's one scene, and it is also cut to pieces. Uh, there's two in theory. Well, okay. There's the scene where she, where he's banging her after the party. Yeah, Ben Affleck, which again is shot awkwardly and cut terribly. Yeah, you know, and like who doesn't want to see Ben Affleck bang Anna to Armis, and then you can barely see it, and you're like, well, that was a whole lot of nothing. I mean, it's something I could do without seeing personally. I understand. But for most mortals, you know, and then you get there and it's like, meh, fast forward. What was the other one then? Because I don't remember another another sex scene. It's meant to, it's another one that's meant to be, um, you're meant to be curious whether or not it actually happened. Okay. It's, uh, he flashes to what he assumes they were doing at one point when he's killing uh, a player. Oh, okay. Again, that that whole thing is so muddied, I, I... And look, I mean, you'd be forgiven for even if you don't even want to categorize a couple of seconds of clothed humping 
<laughs> as a sex scene, I'm not going to argue with you if you want to okay. classify it otherwise. Like <laughs> one established sex scene in your erotic thriller. Oh no, big slim dog. Um, yeah, it's. Just, I I have seen erotic thrillers. You got to give me a little more here. And then like, okay, but that's just the erotic part. Like, it's there's not no, thrilling. There's no. <laughs> well, I was getting there. There's no sex in your eroticism. That's the problem. And then it's not thrilling. You know, it, there, it's funny because it, it, his dispassionate killing of these people mirrors her problems with him as a character. It's almost like a meta commentary. You know, it, it's he's kind of we were talking about this with um, Fresh last night where uh, I don't know if you've seen it. You should if you would. I think I think you'd enjoy it. OK, um, where Sebastian Stan is killing these women with all of the passion and uh care of a grocery store butcher you know it's just eh, you gotta bang the meat and we have to carve off the ass and you know it's just this is what we do this is how we run the butcher shop it's that level of you know ben affleck doesn't really want his wife to sleep with other men and he kills these guys as if he's taking out the trash like that level of enthusiasm. Do- he's just been doing this for so long. It's part of the routine. <laughs> this is, well, it, well, it's Tuesday. Time to kill a guy. <laughs> like, but the only good thing about uh, Tuesday is four. Yeah. Well, anyway. Um, the highlight of my midweek ritual. I don't know about the rest <laughs> of you. Says He says on a public forum. Last thing I'm going to say not, about that. I'm not worried because, <laughs> like, if they're not already looking at me from some of the other stuff and have already con- concluded my yes. innocence because... Hey, I'm... the Margot Robbie guy, he's on again. He's talking about murdering people. That's um, <laughs> fine. He's harmless. He, he don't get no bitches. He don't, he, he's not leaving Utah. Um, so anyway, I, I the only thing I want to say positive about this is, once again, like, the stuff between Anna de Armas and Ben Affleck's good as good as can be in this movie the actual performances themselves are fine everyone no everyone here is doing their level best and it is in that sense good played drama it's just that it doesn't go anywhere the the conclusion of this movie and this is this is the last thing i want to say and then i'll give it to you and we can just move this on the let the, the conclusion of the movie after he's now killed at least four people that she's that, that she's aware of uh, three or four people. And she's like, well, this has gone a bridge too far. <laughs> I mean, you kill one guy, I can forgive. Kill two guys, I think you have a problem. Kill three guys, that's it, I must leave. After he's already said he's willing to give her a divorce if that's what she really wants. And she goes through this kind of spiel that made little to no sense to me, but whatever. Doesn't really matter. Now she's going to leave. And like you said, then like the kid convinces her to stay, and that's the conclusion of the movie. Nothing is resolved. He doesn't go to jail. Nothing ha- Everybody that messed with him died. And it's like, we're, the, your conclusion to this erotic thriller is, and they all lived happily ever after? Huh? <laughs> like, there was no... It, it's weird to have a movie with zero resolution. Absolutely nothing resolved. No arc. It was... Pays, he, pays, he is, lo- it pairs well with the utter lack of a plot. <laughs> I mean... She is essentially the same person she is at the end of the movie. She's just decided to stay in the big rich house with the guy she doesn't really love, which is where she was at the beginning of the movie. And he's no further along either. He was like, I was killing people at the beginning of the movie. I'm killing people now. Well, look, I don't like I didn't like anything about this movie. Mm -hmm. 
the quasi the theoretical relationship dynamics that exist here mm-hmm. are uh they don't interest me at all like okay. i get that you i get that they do interest you and that and fine that's just personal preference like that that's right. just this is something that interests me versus something that doesn't fair enough but i don't even have that to kind mm-hmm. of like uh potentially keep my interest so i'm stuck with these unlikable people doing the dumbest things <laughs> to you no these are the dumbest things okay so you're not just talking about the ENA. you're talking about just the yeah. variety of stupid everything they do. okay got it just all of it got it ken this is a judgment-free zone <laughs> look i i just so smart of your soul die <laughs> just, just just ignore me please and move on <laughs> no i Look, I don't pass judgment. Like uh, that's between you and God. Is mm. God is the final arbiter of all things, not me. Yeah. But there's a world of difference between judging and passing judgment. Judging, mm. we all have to do. We all have yeah. to make judgment calls every day about everything. Yep. As long as you don't wind up doing the well. The issue with passing judgment is you start try you start claiming to know the mind of God. Mm-hmm. And that's hubris on a level that never works out well. Nope. That is not to say that, again, you know, hey, you know, judge not lest you be judged. You bunch of idiots don't even know how to properly apply that. You're trying to quote scripture at me. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Maybe don't walk down the side of the street that features the people engaged in a fist fight. I'm just saying. <laughs> but I can't judge them. You can not say, you can say I don't know these are good people or bad people, but I don't want to be in the fist fight. Yep, that's 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 above board. And so the long and the short of that is like my issue here is not I'm not arguing the ethics or morality or what have you of various forms of non of non monogamy. I have my belief system. I have my worldview and I'm happy to leave it at that. Fair enough. Uh, But the guy in the smut and filth T-shirt, by the way. I appreciated the choice there, yes. <laughs> but these people do stupid things. Yeah. And they do nothing but stupid things for the dumbest of reasons. These reasons that, again, they almost don't even make sense within their own world. Mm. Well, I'm a screenwriter of neo-noir fiction. I, I think it might be you. Hey, congratulations, author self-insert. You did good. <laughs> Would you care to show your work to the class? No. No, 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 no. No, no, we are firmly on collect underpants. Yeah. <clears throat> it's too long. It does, again, it does the thing with the kid who's an adult, and I hate that. I yeah. really hate that. In her defense, she does a fine enough job with a terrible character she's given. Look, this is this is a writing trope that I hate. This is not me saying the child actor needs to be. You yeah, know. I wanted to because some people might have gotten confused by it. The okay, child is fine. The child is totes adorbs, and she's doing everything she's supposed to do in the movie to the best of her ability, and it actually comes off very nicely. Your point about how she's so prescient, she's the smartest person in this film full of adults. Well said. Though I want to say this, I had a very uncomfortable moment, and this might just be I, I, this might be my my thing, but like um, Jersey Girl where you know i feel like half of the movie takes place in the bathroom with the kid peeing which i've never liked and it's made me you know sometimes question kevin smith did we need a shot of the kid bathing you know where the camera is definitely not showing her torso 
<laughs> behind the bathtub. Like, like we, we couldn't have that conversation in a different environment. Like, why did we need to see the kid in the bathtub? Take it up with the director. That <laughs> I that did not ping me the way it seems to have kind of, again, hit something in you. So I don't know. I, I don't know. I, this is a personal thing, but I yeah, yeah, that's fine. Children of that age in the bathroom. Ugh. You know, it's so funny because a year ago I'm arguing with you and everybody else about cuties. A year later, maybe don't show kids in the toilet. And like, oh, you, <laughs> oh, you, 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 priest, you Catholic priest, you staunch whatever. Like, no, I just I have my preferences. No kids in bathrooms. Well, look, I, I just. Oh, I could get in trouble for saying that. I'm going to say it, though. <laughs> you, you draw a line between French children and American children. You don't care what they do to the French. <laughs> eh, dancing and peeing are not the same thing, but let's move on. Well, there are the French. Probably a lot more overlap than you might think. <laughs> <laughs> I have these croissants. I shall pee on them and dance. Oh. Again, it's the French. That's the French. That's become um, our new saying. <laughs> it's the French. Look, this again, this boat, this is a slow, slow movie, devoid of most interesting things, featuring unlikable characters making stupid decisions with nothing approximating a payoff, nothing approximating a conclusion, nothing approximating a worthwhile trip to begin with. This movie sucks. It is basically devoid of. Uh, positive material like I, I can't say anything good about it necessarily so well let's see what the critics think what do you think about that sure why not all right here we go well before we do i just want to say one of the things there, there's some piano music in this there's some jaunt, jaunty piano music at times um i think the movie might have done well to have a little bit more music what do you think couldn't have hurt well maybe it could have they could have played sabotage <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? I, I I might have gotten a message from you going, I'm not doing this review anymore. I've gone to the woods to live deliberately. I've gone to the woods to throw myself off of a cliff. <laughs> Next to the guy that Ben Affleck killed. Yeah. Anyway, do you know, Robert, where you can get music to put in your shitty non-erotic thriller movie? I Well, there's a lot of places. If you're a competent director, you could hire a composer. Mm -hmm. But if you're cheap... We're offering a free 30 days of Amazon Music Unlimited. Yes, sir. The link is getamazonmusic.com slash W2M Network. It is in the description of this podcast, this podcast right here, the very thing. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yes, for your free 30-day trial of Amazon Music Unlimited, head to getamazonmusic.com slash W2M Network. And with that said, uh, the critical, the first of our critical reviews. Are you ready? No! I said, are you ready? No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Are you going to put the information on screen? I'm trying. Hang on. All right. Well, while you do that, um, for some odd reason, Chrome is having difficulties with Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, some, so for we're working some on... reason, that was being weird about that. Okay, okay that should there be. There we go. All right. So as you can see, nobody liked this movie. Not nobody, not know how. 
Um, the critics gave well, that's it a not 30... true. Thirty-seven percent of one hundred ninety-three is greater than nothing. Fair enough, Matt McGee. Yes, thirty-seven percent <laughs> splat on Rotten Tomatoes, and a twenty-two percent audience score. Not even the the quite Anna de Armas's uh, boobs could save this movie. Could save the could save the audience's opinion of this movie. Poor Mark, gal. it's the internet. I guarantee you, if what you're interested in is boobs, you can find them easier than watching this movie. I suppose. Um, I don't know how often... But you wouldn't know anything about that, would you? (laughs) You know from my Twitter feed, that's not true. Um, (laughs) Viewers desperately seeking a new... Can I tell you how the one time you told me you judged me about that stuff, now I'm like so like careful, like (laughs) unfollowing people. Like, Robert might be watching me! I have to do this, you know, I have to do this I have to do this away from Twitter now where he can't find me. I am so proud. (laughs) So anyone who doesn't understand what Mark and I are talking about, I told Mark at one point because I didn't think, I don't think he was aware of this. Mm -hmm. Twitter will share what people you follow like. Mm -hmm. And I told this to Mark and he went, wait, everything I like, even the, uh, (laughs) and I went, yes. Right, so when so when there's a variety of naked women showing off their wares on Twitter, and I like it because I like their naked wares, and Robert's going, huh, this married man awfully, likes an awful lot of naked women, strange naked women that he finds on Twitter, and then, like, we're, we, we kid each other. I joke, you know, I spent the first part of this podcast saying he gets no bitches. He makes fun of me. We jostle each other. This is what men do. And he goes... And I said something about being judged, and he was like, oh, I'm judging you all right. What he doesn't know is I immediately went to Twitter and started unfollowing people and haven't liked a single boob since. You just <laughs> such, need is a bu- esteem, such is my esteem for you, Okay, your opinion. You, all you need is a burner Twitter account. <laughs> just, just get a second account. That is a lot of effort to just look at naked women, buddy. There's an easier way to do it that is judgment. That is away from your judgment there, uh, Churchy. All right. No, no. Um, I I have found your accounts on. I haven't told you this yet, but I did find a few years on other platforms. Okay, sorry. Uh, viewers desperately seeking a new erotic thriller might find Deep Water worth a dip, but it's a far it's a far from director Adrian Lin's best work. Boy, ain't that the truth? This is a this is someone who's done some quality stuff, and then there's this. there is again. Go watch Fresh. Fresh was fantastic, but I think it's also by like like a first time director. I, I, I'm I'm getting to a point where like getting out the Steven Soderbergs of the world and the Martin Scorsese is like, can we please get some fresh directors in here? Because there's where the hotness is. These old guys that they're dragging out of retirement, you know, to, to make a new film are not hitting the numbers like they should. You know what I mean? All right. Um, let's start with let's start with a positive one. Chad Burns of LA Weekly. Even though there are moments throughout the film that defy believability, Deep Water is an enticing return for Lynn. No. Okay, there are not there are not moments throughout this movie that defy believability. The movie defies believability, and that's a real problem. How is this enticing? This is How the is this best an enticing of... film. Well, again, Anna de Armas' boobs for five minutes. Um, Jonathan it's not Sam. even five minutes. Yeah, that's, I'm being generous. Um, Jonathan Sim of ComingSoon.net. This is one of those reviews where 
it's like stating the obvious. Like this isn't so much a review as it is a statement of fact. Deep water it's not is even far... written correctly. <laughs> Deep water is far from the best movie you'll see all year, but it has just enough gas in its tank to drive you to the press play and keep you from exiting until credits roll. I mean, most people will watch a movie to the end if for no other reason than they're distracted by their phone. That's that doesn't tell you anything about the movie. You also forgot to properly punctuate. <laughs> like you're a and... professional writer. You Yule is a conjunction. <laughs> and Brody of what she said. As gothic, soapy, and tacky the story and execution, we want to see who wins. No, no, no. we don't. Look, look, you were somewhat interested in seeing who won in War of the Roses. I was hoping for that ending. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. I was really hoping like they all get stuck in a in the house and it burns down. Right. Like, well, let's just no. The chandelier falls, everyone dies. That's what should happen. <laughs> right. You're, you're certainly rooting for Michael Douglas to not die in Fatal Attraction. Or same actor for, you know, uh, Basic Instinct. Like, there's mm -hmm. there's a way to do this, but no, we don't want to see who wins. There's no... The fundamental conflict here is not even between the two of them in that particular respect, and that we're trying to see who wins. Right. Yeah, they're not really in it, it, as weird as that might sound. They're, they're in cut. They're in. They have friction, right? And there's conflict, but they are not opposed. They are right. not at odds. Yeah, no, he is. He is at odds with the bevy of men she's tr she's sleeping with. That's where the conflict is, and they lose every time. And then, and then again, he's not punished for any of the murders, so he won. He he gets everything he wants. She stays, and he gets to keep murdering people. Um, go ahead and read some of these yourself. I will be right back. Uh, all right. Oh, geez. All right. Well, let's do uh, the one right below that. Linda Merrick of the Jewish Chronicle. Top critic. Best of the best. Lynn may not have recaptured his glory days here, but he has given us a robustly acted mystery thriller we can all sink our teeth into. Is anyone that interested in what happened in this movie i mean mark and i can't even really muster up a great discussion out of this i mean we're about an hour deep now but look at what we've talked about it's stuff that the movie doesn't really deal with <laughs> so i'm questioning whether or not that's accurate and again i'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of surprised the three out of five registers fresh. Rotten Tomatoes is very odd about their implementation of what constitutes a fresh or a fresh or a splat. Okay, I'm going to read this because <laughs> this amuses me. Uh, Rich Juzwiak of The Muse slash Jezebel. What the 90s erotic thriller was to hardcore pornography, Deep Water is to the 90s erotic thriller. An echo of something way more stimulating. Uh, I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. Uh, let's see. Oh, jeez. Okay, Rich Klein of Shadows on the Wall. Ironic, considering how much shadow play goes... There's a lot of shadow use and not good shadow use in this movie, by the way. It's a cinematic trick. Sleek and insinuating, this dark mystery, not a mystery, holds the attention, no it doesn't, with its intense characters, no, 
and offbeat situations. What about this is offbeat? I, I'm genuinely curious what about the situations would qualify as offbeat being the appropriate descriptor. Uh, orchestrated expertly by veteran director Adrian Lin. I No. First of all, I'm not even going to take a... I'm even going to take umbrage with Sleek. This movie's long. It's about two hours. I forget the exact runtime. It's around the two-hour mark. It's not a Sleek film. Unless you're referring purely to the aesthetic, in which case, even then, I'm not sure I agree. Um, there's not much that I would necessarily think categorizes it that way. Uh, yeah, no, disagree. Um, okay. <laughs> this amuses me, so we'll go with this one. Uh, James Lockford of City AM. The only time Affleck seems to smile is looking at his snail farm. Anyone looking for a 2022 update of the sad Ben Affleck meme will find hard drives worth of material from this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was the last one you read? I just read James Luxford here. Oh, hang on. Let me scroll up for one that... Okay, read this one real fast. Because it, it, I read it already, so I just need to get your reaction to it. Which one am I reading? This one. Peg, Peg Alloy of Artfuse? Oh, no. Oh. Rich Jizwiak of The Muse. Again, I've already read this for the audience, so just... <laughs> tell me that's not the most accurate description of this thing. Hey, hang on. Let me find it. What page is this on? Like, how, how far in are you? One. Or you can just, just look at the screen and read it. No, that seems like a lot of work. <laughs> Hang on. There we go. Rich Jizwiak of The Muse, Jezebel. What the 90s erotic thriller was to hardcore pornography, Deepwater is to the 90s erotic thriller. An echo of something way more stimulating. Just given your wardrobe <laughs> choice and what we just talked about, I think it was appropriate to get your reaction. That was funny. Okay, I like it. Um, all right, I'm gonna go just to page. You never, if you didn't make it to page two, that gives me a, no, a I'm first going place there to now. start. Okay, Christina Escobar of Pop Sugar. Cuban actress Anna de Armas's role as Melinda in Deepwater is certainly complex and dynamic, but oh. her character, her character has me thinking maybe I should be a little more careful what I wish for. Okay. <laughs> Let, let's start. Hang on. Let me start with the following. What does her being Cuban have to do with anything as an actress? Oh, that was virtue signaling. I'm aware. I just wanted to make sure everyone else realizes what's going on here. Okay. She is not complex. Like, if we saw her being a good mother for more than one scene, I might buy the complexity here. But this is clearly a woman who feels trapped with without the stones to really go through with a divorce who wants to go back to being a party girl. And like, that doesn't make you complex. That means lot. you're going, that means you're going through a midlife crisis. Good job. Uh, it's a lot to ask somebody to give up the comfort of, you know, their home and stability when all they really want is a little excitement outside of their marriage. Uh-huh. Sure. Is one take. But she's not complex, and she's not. Is she? There's I'm no. I'm not arguing that point. I'm not arguing that point. Okay, okay. There's no dynamism to this character either. Mm -hmm. It's it's lead Ben Affleck on, be a bitch, <laughs> or be a drunk slut. Yeah. 
Like there's there's no and let me be clear when I say that this is if you want to claim that I'm you know shaming a fictional character you need help. <laughs> like that that's what this character does. That's all this character does. But boy, dynamism, right? No. Right. I I think no. The fact the very fact that she is shallow takes the stuff that she is doing that at least deserves some respect and conversation sort of off the board and now all you're left is sort of like the pro wrestling equivalent of the woman struggling with motherhood and and monogamy oh, and all of that he handles, handles things with more tact than this movie does okay there you go there's your comparison um hey vox that much vaunted uh, uh website yeah. oh that Al reminds that, that does remind me since we brought up pro wrestling because you and uh, in the latest mania of wrestlemania you talked about the katie vick angle Mm -hmm. And apparently neither you nor your co-host knew the story behind the shooting of that infamous segment. Okay. They shot it in a funeral home. Yeah. And guess what was going on across the room? Like, on the other, across funeral? The, there was a viewing or something <laughs> going on across the hallway. <laughs> and the funeral director has to come in there and tell Vince McMahon, who is directing this himself, to please stop saying loudly... <laughs> <laughs> for the benefit of the bereaved <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay moving on <laughs> we don't want to screw anyone's brains out here um vox alex abbott santos deep water has abandoned thought and logic for horny unhinged vibes it's so much beautiful fun well, neither of those statements is true. One, there's no like horny, unhinged anything, and there's no beauty or fun to be had in this movie. Like again, this isn't even, a, this isn't even an interesting movie to look at. No, it's it's all very like white and like like the color white, you know, like white and beige. Like you know, I mean, you know, if you want a movie that also poorly deals with people struggling in the you know in middle age with happiness and fulfillment um but at least but at least it's still better than this and it's fun to look at go watch american beauty everyone gets caught up in the fact that the one you know the one actress in it is a kid that he's lusting after and forgets everything else that movie was trying to talk about but at least that movie was having a conversation with some depth to it about what happens to us you know in our 30s 40s and 50s uh in marriages and with children and Again, dealing with fulfillment. Uh, you, you, and then again, it just focuses a little too much on him lusting after the teenager. But you can't, you can't even bring up that movie anymore because it stars Kevin Spacey and he's been canceled. Fair enough. Um, once upon a time before that was a thing, though, American Beauty was a good movie to watch for that kind of discussion starter. I, I uh, don't disagree. Anyway. Moving on. Oh, no, no. I'm calling this next one here. Okay, which one? Natalia Kogan of Paste Magazine. <laughs> okay. Am I on the same page? Because I moved I, I moved ahead. Let me read it then. You're, you're fine. Okay. All right. Well, then we'll, I'll read one more after that and we'll move on to Windfall. Deepwater is a sweat-inducing psychological scheme that is constantly aiming to intrigue and titillate 8 out of 10. Madam, you have been eating way too much. <laughs> of the paste 
I don't know. And if you got, if this movie made you sweat, you might want to consult a physician. Kevin Carr, a fat guy at the movies. Oh, Kevin Carr. Let me find this. Er let, me, let me bring him up on screen for the people. Uh, how much further down is he? There he is. You ready? Yeah. This erotic thriller is short on thrills and eroticism. I mean, that's I the mean... joke we made. <laughs> Oi. All right. Moving on. Uh, let's move on to our next movie here. Well, here's the only... Okay. Because because you will die a little bit inside if I don't at least throw some kind of a shot at Kevin Carr. Yeah. If you're a professional writer, you could at least try to find a better way, a more intriguing way to say that and to phrase it instead of just being the bluntest of instruments. <laughs> All right. So the next one is windfall. Um, windfall uh, is a 2022 American thrill thriller film directed by Charlie McDowell with a screenplay by Andrew Kevin Walker and Justin later. It stars Jason Siegel as a squatter who is forced to hold the rich couple who own the house, Lily Collins and Jesse Plemons hostage after they arrive home early. It was released on March 18th, 2022 by Netflix. Just go into the plot and I will be right back. Well, it's a very unfortunate time for you to do this because the plot is about three sentences worth of discussion. So we meet the uh, one of our lead characters, the squatter, played by Jason Siegel. He is staying on a large property. It's partially in uh, an orange orchard. And the billionaire CEO, Jesse Plemons, and his wife, Lily Collins, show up as he's trying, as the squatter is trying to leave. They find him, so he decides to hold them hostage. He is, he's robbed the place. There's not a whole lot there, but he's robbed it. He's got some cash and whatnot. So he locks them in a sauna, says, fare thee well. He goes out to get into his car, and he goes to leave, only to realize he, there's a security camera staring his car in the face. So he goes back to the house. He reacquires control of the situation and says, where's the where's the tape? And at which point, no, there's no tapes. This isn't a 7-Eleven and this isn't the 90s. If this has been recorded, it could be anywhere because that's how Wi-Fi and the Internet work. And he goes, well, I'm going to need more money than, than the, you know, 10 grand or so I got from robbing you. Uh so how about, you know, $150,000? And the CEO goes, I'm insulted by this offer. <laughs> Don't you understand? Are you going to need more? I need, uh, okay, how about $30 million? Well, now you're just being silly. <laughs> they settle on a figure of about $500,000. He is able to acquire it, but it's going to take a bit to get there in cash. So they all have to spend the night together, wherein... Jason Siegel waxes angry at the state of, don't you understand, Mark, the 1% <laughs> of the 1% yeah. control so much. <laughs> and Lily Collins tells him to shut up. And he goes, well, you married up. You only married him for his money. And she goes, yeah, maybe. But don't you understand how boring life is? And he, Jesse Plemons goes, you're all pathetic. You're lazy. You're freeloaders. By the way, to my wife, if this guy, we need to do whatever we can to get out of here. So if you have to blow this guy in order to uh, get us close enough to 
exact some kind of plan, then please, I'm deliberately selling you out to this other human being. <laughs> then the gardener shows up and winds up accidentally. <laughs> they try to capture the gardener because there's a plot to tell the gardener that we're being held here against our will and he will send help. He is drunk. He is. That's not successful. The gardener accidentally kills himself when trying to escape. He trips and falls face forward into a pane of glass and slices his neck open. Jason Siegel then goes, well, now, now I have to kill all of you. And they all go, yeah, but you're not going to. And he goes, yeah, but I'm not going to. And the money shows up. And he goes to escape. And right about then, Lily Collins decides that she's had enough. She escapes, beats Jason Siegel to death with the statue, shoots Jesse Plemons, framing the now dead Jason Siegel, and walks off into the world because she is a woman who has now reclaimed her status as a strong, independent woman who don't need no man. I don't have a lot to say about Windfall. I, I, described, I described it to you as someone's Twitter feed masquerading as a screenplay. This thing was written by... Uh, a drunken chimpanzee. A screenplay credit by Justin Later and Andrew Kevin Walker. Um, and then Have a they story. done anything else? Well, Justin Leader has no has no wiki link, but okay. Andrew Andrew Kevin Walker. Uh, let's see here, American screenwriter, producer, and script doctor. He is known for having written seven, for which he earned a nomination for a BAFTA award, as well as several other films, including Eight Millimeter, Sleepy Hollow. Um, so yeah, here's what he's credited for as a writer. Um, Oi, he was a producer and writer on Nerdland, which nearly made Jason break up with me as a friend. Uh, the Wolfman from 2010, uh, The Follow, Sleepy Hollow, 8mm, 7, Hideaway, and Brainstand. So yeah, um, he's also a script doctor on Event Horizon, The Game, Fight Club, and Stir of Echoes. So uh, mixed bag at best. Yeah, um, it's kind of 50-50 there. Charles McDowell, he doesn't have a, like, a large film credit here. Before Windfall, he was a director, producer, and writer with co uh with co-writer justin later for the discovery which was a netflix film and then before that was the one i love which is his feature directorial debut which stars um mark duplis and elizabeth moss this was a like an indie sundance type deal so it this so again the story by i'm interested in the story by thing because jason siegel gets a credit on here i'm guessing this is like a bunch of people like sitting on set somewhere or you know, just hanging out in Hollywood. And they're just talking, as white people tend to do, about rich white people messing everything up. You know, all those rich white men and how horrible they are. You know what I mean? As a bunch of, again, as a bunch of rich white men sit around going, boy, rich white men. But not us. Am I not right? Us. Yeah. Only, <laughs> no, no, no. The richer. No, no. <laughs> not the 1%. But the one percent of the one percent. I mean, we can't yeah. leave the. We can't talk about the one. I mean, not us artists. Yes, not. No, no. Don't you understand? We've had, you know, we've earned our millions and millions and immunity from prosecution for assault. And yeah, uh, our they, private on our trips on Jeffrey Epstein's private plane. We have earned this. Don't you understand? Yeah. So again. Rich white actors complaining about rich white executives who ruined the world. Oh no, big slim dog. <laughs> I just I can't with this with this stuff. This movie is terrible. In look, 
So this whole thing is like a play, a stage play to basically talk about how rich, rich white moguls have wrecked the planet and everything else and how awful they make it for everybody and how they can't even be loved by people because they're unlovable villains of, of history. That's it. That's the whole movie. It, it, this is Christ. How long was this disaster? 90 this minutes. 90. It, it feels longer. It feels like three hours. Um, this is 90 minutes of people talking in a room and sometimes they're talking about being a hostage or being a hostage taker. And sometimes they're talking about class warfare. That's the whole fucking movie. And it, it just goes it, on and on and on. It's terrible. In the, the one thing I will say, I, I really have one thing to say about this movie. Jesse Plemons is one of the great actors of our time. This guy does stuff with his face and body yeah. that very, like, like Andrew Garfield is somebody who I've talked about like that. There's a handful of actors out there that subtlety is their game and they elevate the material they're given with their performance and their body language and their subtle acting. Uh, Jesse Plemons is one of those people. He is the saving grace of this movie. Jason Siegel tries his best. And it's not that he sure. acts badly, but the, you know this ca his character works only if he's menacing. And Jason Siegel has all the menace of my dog, my Gosh. little sweetie dog. He has he all the menace of he, he has all the menace of my dog, who's fourteen and has a bum leg. Sure. And then the last one is Lily Collins, who plays annoyed white lady. Like, look, Lily Collins. The three main actors, if we're just looking at their, you know, abilities mm -hmm. as actors, they're all talented people. Sure. I'm not as I'm not as sold on Siegel as a talented actor, but okay, he, I'll, I'll ex he, he shines where his abilities are accentuated. So, like in romantic comedies, he's great because he's got charm, he's got vim, he's a good-looking guy, he's somewhat funny. I liked him on How I Met Your Mother. I don't care if you didn't like the show; it, it is what it was, but. On that show, he was likable and enjoyable and did a good job. Asking that guy, asking Schmucky McGee from the comedy we all watched years ago to come in and now be menacing and speak for the trees, you know, like, no, this was not the right role for him. But it's his, it's clearly his passion project. And again, you've also got Lily Collins there being, you know, I'm the woman in this movie, so I get to win. Yeah. Yeah. This was. This was almost everything that's the worst about Hollywood writing right now, all wrapped up in one stupid streamable movie for Netflix. Have we're, we only missing, we're only missing two things. Mm -hmm. Only two things. A child written like an adult. <laughs> and some and a ham-fisted discussion about racism in America. You know that's what, Robert? <laughs> you know what, Robert, what would have made this movie even better besides a discussion of racism? Uh I feel like you're going to say something crass or you're trying to you're either going to say something crass or you're trying to set up the plug. And I'm not and I'm about 50 50 on which way you're going. Here. You're correct, Robert. Grammarly would have helped with there the writing go. of this movie. Wouldn't for, you hurt. Listeners, for you listeners of Damn You Hollywood, Grammarly is offering a free download of the Grammarly software. Grammarly's AI powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistakes free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. So download Grammarly today. Go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, it's getgrammarly.com slash W2M network to download Grammarly for free. All right, folks, here we go again. Yes? Uh, let me do, let me very briefly say the last thing I'm going to say about the craft of this movie. Are you sure? 
<laughs> you are not the rock. This does not work well for you. Please don't. <laughs> All right, then. The only way this movie works is if you view it as a comedy. <laughs> what was the line? Lo- do, I, do I need to look it up again? Because there's a, oh, there's a great line that Jesse Plemons says. It's the best line of the whole movie. He was like, after he goes a rant about how, how everyone needs to pick themselves up by their own bootstraps, you know, that tired Republican white waspy line um, that you've heard your uncle say, you know, in his MAGA hat. Um, they made sure they got that shit in in this movie. But he follows it up with, like, that's stupid. But he follows it up with a really great line of, I have to hold this man's hand and help him rob me. And I died. I absolutely died laughing at that. That that got me right in the tickle feathers. Look, I... I, This is the only way I could get through this stupid thing. Mm -hmm. And liberal use of the skip forward button because there's long pauses. Oh, it's not fucking riff... uh, Hold on. It's not quite reffing, but it's closer than you might think well like what it's different in the following way reffin had these stupidly long pauses between dialogue lines he also had the actor directing the actors like miles teller to look into the middle distance for long stretches of time when well, at least in, Jesse fa- Clemens in fair, thinking, hang on in fairness that's all miles teller does no matter what you tell him to do jesse plemons and um jason siegel both will do stuff with their face and body while they're doing long pauses so i i give it a pass yeah and it's not that bad because when the characters talk to each other they speak at a normal cadence yeah it's more in the shot composition and the slow pans and the slow zoom ins (laughs) and the oh we're building tension yes there was there was long gazing shots from down the hallway as they're arguing over who should unpack it yeah like <laughs> there's a lot that went into this that did not need to be there so again i got ref and vibes out of that mm-hmm. this is at best an hour of television like this is a tv episode masquerading as a film yeah it only works if you approach it as a comedy because then it's freaking hilarious <laughs> and did you did you find yourself screaming there's two of them and one of him and he doesn't always have the gun ready? Like, why don't you just tackle him? I had so given up by the time <laughs> that that became relevant. There are so many places in this movie where Jason Eagle flat out turns his back on them. And and who knows if the safety was off that gun at that point. I mean, again, he's not like a I'm guessing none of them because none of these <laughs> idiots know how to handle firearms. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I, I just... So... No, this is a terribly written movie. Like, like mm-hmm. just straight up terrible. And I think what annoyed me the most, and this is a writing trope and a trait, uh, more of a writing trait, that's picking up steam, and mm-hmm. I hate it. And it goes a little something like this. I, the author, have a thing that I don't like. This might be a person. This might be a class. This might be a group of people. This might be anything. But I do not like X. So I will create a character that is X. And I will then foist on this character, in addition to very clearly, in addition to making it abundantly clear who I'm referencing, I will foist on them every negative character trait that I can possibly imagine, allowing me to then lecture you about how bad it is. I was watching a, um, oh, who was it? Uh, um, I think it was The Closer Look, which is a YouTube uh, film 
criticism channel. And he calls this the punching bag. <laughs> you've not created a character. You've created a punching bag. And that's even different than a hate sink. Like a hate sink can be a valuable addition to your story because it gets character, it gets the audience to invest in these characters. Um, and we talked a little bit about that when we reviewed um, Midnight Mask because there's a character there who's a deeply effective focus for all of your hatred. By the same token, that particular character is also not does not have every single negative character trait you could imagine for a human being. <laughs> There's a few, don't get me wrong, she's an awful person. She's supposed to be an awful person. But there are good or at least competent attributes to her as well, and it's what makes a character more fleshed out. When all you do is create a punching bag, no one cares. Jesse Plemons's character in this is just a punching bag. Not only, so he's rich and not just rich, he's really rich. <laughs> and so he must have all these negative attributes. He must not be in good physical condition. He must be condescending. He must parrot tropes that I don't like. He must offer up his wife as a sexual offering to save himself. He must have a long history of infidelity. He must be trying to control his wife by trying to get pregnant so she'll stop being the strong, independent woman who's driven to be the CEO of a nonprofit and just bite me. <laughs> just bite me. This is terrible, terrible writing. It, again, it's a trend that I loathe, and this is not just about one's political alignment. I don't like it whether or not I agree with you on this general premise. It's bad writing, and needs to be called out as such i'm not here i'm not here advocating going oh the poor billionaires why can't they get positive representation in media i don't care if you want to have if you want to write them negatively but you could do the characters that you're writing at least the common courtesy of not having them be everything that's the worst of humanity from where your point of view because no one cares then like what kills me about somebody like this is I start to question how they even got money. <laughs> like, I'm a billionaire. Okay, you must be good at something, right? Nope. Again, I think the implication, and, and, and this is, I think, the one through thread from Deep Water, is that the impression from a lot of like Hollywood writing is that, boy, aren't there awful a lot of smart guys who are very technical, you know, almost like, like Aspie or um you know, like spectrum and they can do they can build things they can do stuff with their hands they can do computers that kind of a thing um but they lack in empathy they lack in the ability to communicate yada 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 and and i feel like there's okay, a lot of hollywood writing that is resting solely upon that there is but at least ben affleck's character in deep water was shown to be competent <laughs> okay like there's things he can do Mm -hmm. And we see him doing them. Right. Here, it's nope. Again, he's lazy. He's self-aggrandizing. He's condescending. He's controlling. He's insulting. He's unfaithful. He's dismissive. Like, every negative thing you could say about someone is, is there. 
Right. And again, this is just bad, lazy writing so that you, the author, can stand there and pontificate. And you're every bit as bad as the negative character you're writing because that's all you're doing. Congratulations. You suck at your job. (laughs) Now, may I move on to the next thing? I wanted to make sure I talked about that a little bit because it's a trend I hate. And boy, I've I've seen some of the reviews. Mark, the people... People here who just go, yeah, they're seals. We're gonna, we're, I'm gonna yell at the seals. Okay, I like yelling at seals. I like clubbing them. <laughs> <laughs> Are you familiar with the? Well, I delay for time here because I'm, I'm changing a thumbnail on something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> have you, have you ever heard the uh, MOD song "Clubbing Seals"? I can't say that I have. Do you know where you can find "Clubbing Seals" so that you can listen to it for free? I imagine YouTube, but you're probably wanting me to say Amazon <laughs> Music. You're so right. Um, that's funny. You already you already did the plug for that. I know. I'm honestly <laughs> just stalling because I can't stop what I'm doing. Uh, where are you, tripped up trivia? <laughs> I was yeah, I you you stopped too soon is what happened. I was like, <laughs> he's gonna go on for like another ten minutes. I can quick I can quick put up the tripped up trivia and I, and then it's like, Oh, and I'm done now. I'm like, Oh fuck me running. Um, no, I look, I said what I needed to say about that. It, I don't think the point needed to be belabored any further. No, 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 no. You're not in the wrong here. I just, I just misjudged how long you were going to take. All right. Uh, so with that said, you got YouTube now. All right, folks, take three, the critical review. Are you ready? This is listed as a mystery and thriller drama. Like, you can get I am by going... with drama, but I'm not hang sure on, about the mystery on. or thriller here. As soon as we're done with this, I am going to edit the Wikipedia for this and list <laughs> it as a dark comedy. Okay, great. Yeah, I don't know. where. What's the mystery here? How did it get made? Jesus. Um, yeah, there's nothing approximating a mystery. No. There's this... not. I mean, there's. Ba- I can barely even get to thriller. It's so boring. Yeah. Well, uh, the critics somewhat liked it. It's got a fresh review. I've got, the, uh, I've, I've got the thing still shared. You just have to click the button. Okay, well, I, I still read it to the audience. Remember, audio. Go. there's also an audio medium. I know. 60% tomato, re- tomato meter with a 41% audience score. Arf, the audience. arf, 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 arf. Arf, 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 Seals. Um, seals. Windfall the audience is more correct. <laughs> Windfall is hardly a bounty of cinematic riches. Boy, you said it. But a killer cast keeps this minimalistic thriller from going creatively bankrupt. No, eh. there's no, there's no creativity here. That's a, shame on the person who wrote that. Shame on them. I, you know, there's I no see this about some of our friends. You at times. I, if I want to be lectured, I'll sign up for a lecture. I can, and if and if you're making a movie that is that 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 is trying to be a lecture, put that out front. Don't try to masquerade it. Like, say what you need to say, but, um, all right, Danielle Ryan, uh, I'm only going to read a few of these. Danielle Ryan of Slash Film, if you're looking to get your heart rate up and your mind racing, there are a few better ways to spend an afternoon inside by checking out Windfall on Netflix. 
I don't know what you don't have a lot of I was gonna say you don't have a lot going on in your world there, Danielle. One would assume. I mean, I don't know what about this got your heart rate up and what in the world about this got you thinking. No, like, going out on my bike got my heart rate up today. This one nearly put me to sleep. Um yeah. Gen- Jennifer Green of Common Sense Media. This intentionally Hitchcockian, intentionally Hitchcockian, intentionally Hitchcockian mystery. What mystery? <laughs> what is happening here? You're just saying words. <laughs> Successfully builds a stifling atmosphere of tension that doesn't resolve until the very last scene. You mean the ending? <laughs> when she shoots a tied up man? Whatevs. Murder. Straight up murder. <laughs> yup. There's... Could, have just, could have just left with the money and left him tied up. Nope. Had to shoot him. But don't you understand, Mark? The only way for the woman to be free of the patriarchy is for the proletariat to rise up. Effie has a t-shirt. I went looking for her for Monday. Uh, I saw rest- Effie. I, I, I saw your Twitter interaction <laughs> there. He responded and said, you're all out of luck, pal. Yes, he did. He's all out of wrestling is gay t-shirts. So I went to his pro wrestling uh, t-shirts page. And yeah, there's shit tons of Effie gear, but um, no wrestling is gay specifically. So I was like, well, what else does Effie have here that I might want? And he's got one where it's just him hanging on the ring ropes and it's black and white and it says smash the patriarchy. I'm buying two of those, one for me and one for my daughter. That's a mistake. <laughs> um, all I'm right. just warning you in advance. That's a mistake. Uh, probably. I'm sure I'll regret it. Uh, just Larson of Larson on film. Can a film be unpredictable and yet somehow unsurprising? How, di- I mean, how dare you give this a fresh review? <laughs> like I, I'm not even on board with two and a half out of four stars. Like no. Um, and for the record, what about this movie's unpredictable to you, sir? Seriously. Yeah. Uh, Sarah. And yes, Con- it's unsurprising. What in the <laughs> everything about this is set up to be unsurprising? Like, ugh. all right. Last one here. Sarah Clements of Daily Dead. The filmmakers have crafted a film that se- that successfully separates itself from other thieving thrillers. But while it does this, it fails to build satisfying layers to its characters. Thankfully, the performance is impressed. I mean, again, yes, Jesse I'm, Plemons is great, but so what? I, I, I'm not dumping on the acting here. It's literally everything else. Yeah. All right, folks, that is our reviews of Deepwater. And so the whole thing with this show and, and Windfall is, you know, Robert typically negative me typically positive we meet somewhere in the middle we fight we you know we fight 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 the itchy and scratchy show um sometimes we agree on things very rarely are we both this negative but oi like this is one that makes me reconsider us reviewing streaming movies that's how bad this is yeah this was uh <laughs> this was a couple of duds yeah um not I, we a whole didn't... lot good to say here it's weird that the last, the, like, okay, so like Turning Red and Cheaper by the Dozen, that was 50-50. One was very good. One was very bad. These were both very bad. But before that, we had Kimmy and Big Bug, where at least we had stuff to talk about. Yeah. You know, so it's a, it's a mixed bag to say the least. But, well, you know, we're trying to do a better job of hitting up the stuff that's, you know, I did the the only other one that I could have done, but I ended up doing with Jason, and I did that out of respect for you, my love, is uh, the Adam Project, and that is because you hate Ryan Reynolds. So I wasn't going to make you do that. I do dislike Ryan Reynolds as a general rule. (laughs) Um, 
I would have been willing to review the movie. I enjoyed. We, we we gave it a good review. We enjoyed it. The one that I should have reviewed for you because I mean, Jason and I had a great time, and I love Jason to death, and we had a great time talking about it. He had some really funny jokes about you know about Hello Fresh um, for the Fresh movie, but you and I would have had a just a banger of a conversation about Fresh. Yeah, fair enough. I might have to look it up and give it a watch. It's worth, it's worth a Google. All right. Um. With that said, on the that, plus side, speaking of negative, next week Morbius. <laughs> Yay, finally. Uh I just as Robert was ranting about something, I just threw up the uh Trip of Trivia wrestling show that uh, Jesse who hosted. My wife stepped in for Alexis. She did not want to be the scorekeeper because she doesn't know enough about wrestling to tell stories, which is something they do during that podcast in between questions. So instead, my wife who also wasn't going to tell stories but she could flirt with the boys, uh she was fine. She was great. She was like Vanna White. Um and uh, all, all, you know, Pat, Gavin, Leonard Hayhurst, and Bill Yankovy, who will be with me Friday night doing the Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor. Uh, they all had a great time, and it was a very close trivia game. Uh, that's up now. Go ahead and check it out. Um, in the evening time, we will be doing our Metal Hammer of Doom review for Randy Savage, Be a Man. Uh, yes, it's WrestleMania week, so, you know, we're moving into all the wrestling stuff. Thursday night, um, Pat and I will be talking Hagler versus Sugar Ray Leonard. You mean the Friday. Great Train Robbery? <laughs> yes. Uh, Friday, we have a re-airing of The Haunted, Strength in Numbers. Robert's Everyone Loves a Bad Guy uh, kicking off with the 80s wrestling boom. And then the Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor. Saturday, we have a re-airing of Quiet Riot, Road Rage. Uh, Everyone Loves a Bad Guy, The Attitude Era, which is when I was on. And then uh, at noon, NXT Stand and Deliver. And then WrestleMania 38, Day 1. And then Sunday... Everyone loves a bad guy. Uh, the ruthless aggression era, uh, followed by our coverage of WrestleMania 38 Day Two. Um, Robert's look at villains in wrestling concludes May uh, April 4th with the finale. Then we'll be doing the Mania of WrestleMania 20 at 8:30 at night. Uh, that had to be moved because Pat was not available <laughs> when we originally had this scheduled, so moved it to Monday. And then I'll be doing a double shot, so I will be recording with Pat at 8:30. And then once that goes up, I will be recording with um, Harry Broadhurst, another indie cider show, this time focusing on the Effie's Big Gay Brunch that's taking place this weekend during WrestleMania, plus a show from almost a year ago uh, in the wake of the Orlando club shooting where a bunch of um, gay people got uh, were murdered, unfortunately. A lot of things have come out. There was a comic book about that. There's all kinds of things that have happened, trying to raise money and awareness to help people in that unfortunate situation. One of those things was, um, what was it? Uh, something underground, uh, this independent company that does no ring death matches. They had an entire gay showcase that night and they called it fear the gay agenda. It was headlined by Effie versus Paro in a last daddy standing match. So, uh, I watched that. We're also yeah, here. Yeah, you did. Didn't yeah, you? I did. Watched it with my son, even. Had to explain to him why gay men call each other daddy. Hey, parenting. You, you, I am sure you have now made so many things around your house so much more awkward than they need to be. <laughs> they were awkward before that ever happened. That's the least awkward thing to happen only just today for alone. Only for you. <laughs> now you've destroyed the innocence of your son. Oh, he's fine. Don't, don't. Don't don't you dare you judge say, my parenting in front of me. You say <laughs> you do that you quietly say, in your own home. You say he's fine right now. 
just <laughs> yeah when he gets to when he gets to junior high and he makes somebody else call him daddy i'll have i'm sure i'll have a parent teacher conference that i gotta deal with like what <laughs> more than one i am <laughs> it'll be fine anyway effie's big gay brunch and fear the gay agenda on monday and then uh hey remember when we reviewed the angry birds movie i'm sure you don't I do <laughs> and I then do, yes actually. and then yes morbius uh and then hey uh opening day for baseball is on the 7th so we're re-airing a pair Allegedly. of baseball shows that we did the bad news bears trilogy and major league trilogy plus we'll be reviewing lordy abusement park and Ooh. We'll finally be reviewing Pam and Tommy currently airing on Hulu. And that's all for me. Thanks. I'm driving. Go ahead and do your plugs and let's get out of here. All right. Well, since next week is Morbius, I will be um, finding some way to not be here. (laughs) (laughs) I have to dry my hair that night. I I kid. I kid. I will. uh, Barring barring injury or illness, I will be here. Robert decided he was going to be ethically non-monogamous and will be trolling for polyamorous women. No. <laughs> Just to not have to do the Morpheus review. No, that would... God. Now you're. Now I'm having to consider whether or not that... <laughs> Hang on. Here's what I'm balancing at the moment. Here's the conflict raging in my head. Uh-huh. Is it more damaging to my mental health to watch this stupid movie and talk about it with you or to spend that same amount of time at some quasi underground bar getting rejected over and over and over and over again. Oh, that's a tough and, one. And I'm genuinely not sure which is worse for my well being. <laughs> okay. Let's so move thanks. This on. <laughs> so thanks for putting that Sophie's choice into my head. I appreciate it. Do I die with the gun or the knife? Choices, choices. Do I face the wall or do I face the window? You can get out of here only two ways. The window of the stairs. When you start thinking about it too much, you know, if you plan those kind of things out in great detail, the sudden not suddenly not knowing which way you're going to stand makes a big difference, believe it or not. Please move this on. Oh, now you're uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm not uncomfortable. It's our plug shouldn't take 20 minutes. Shouldn't, but will. <laughs> Uh, I cover professional wrestling a few nights. Speaking of things not good for my mental health. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, this is, this is less that. a review and more of a cry for help at this point. I'm going to get a cue card. One that just says help and I'll hold it up like Wiley Coyote. <laughs> I cover professional wrestling a few nights a week. AEW's Dark Elevation on Monday. MLW stuff on Thursday. WWE Smackdown on Friday. That's all in the wrestling zone of 411mania.com. This week I've been shanghaied at gunpoint because Mark Mark took his gun away from my head <laughs> and I sighed. And then one of the editors put it put his gun at the back of my head and said, Cover NXT 2.0, stand and deliver, night one. It's at 10 in the morning, your time. And I went, but I hate it. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I kid, I kid. On the off chance one of those editors is listening to this. <laughs> I, I love 411. <laughs> we have always been at war with Eurasia. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll be covering NXT Stand and Deliver uh, Saturday morning. There is no UFC event this week, so I that's why I'm doing that instead, basically. So I don't know what's going on in NXT 2.0. I haven't even been reading the reviews because I don't care. 
Hey, I'm planning on doing a live stream with Christian, who also doesn't watch it. So we're gonna be just like, who's that? I don't know. Let's watch him wrestle, which is kind uh, of how, which is kind of my indie cider show with Harry. Yeah, but at least that's the indies. Like this is NXT. Mm-hmm. It's in theory attached to a major company. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I will. I don't know. I might look at the roster page at some point between now and then. Otherwise, I'm probably gonna go. In. I may. I made you some minor prep. I'm not making any promises. Minor. Genuinely don't know. Genuinely could not tell you a single match that they have made for that card. I think one of them is Dolph Ziggler versus Braun Breaker. I could not possibly care less what Dolph Ziggler does. No one does. But okay, so I will be doing that. Uh, if you're interested in mixed martial arts, I cover UFC events for 411mania.com when they are up, and they're usually up because the UFC runs pretty much every Saturday. Not this Saturday. They don't want to be in the way of WrestleMania, but usually. So I have my full report for the latest UFC event. That was UFC on ESPN 33 slash UFC on ESPN plus 63 slash UFC Columbus slash UFC Fight Night 205, 206. There's so many naming conventions the UFC bops between at their convenience, and it drives me up the wall. Uh, that was headlined by Curtis Blade, stopping Chris Dawkins in the first round. A few really good fights sprinkled throughout that card, so you can find my full report in the MMA zone. And if you want slightly more concise thoughts uh, on the sport of mixed martial arts and the number of fighters who were arrested last week or charged, seriously, Roy Masvidal got arrested and charged with a couple of things for assaulting Colby Covington, allegedly. It was a good week for assault. Uh, Conor McGregor was arrested and his car impounded for reckless driving in Ireland. And Trail Sonnen was recharged in stemming from events of his brawl in... Las Vegas in December of last year. Wow. So, yeah. My favorite joke about this came from Twitter. The UFC is about to be sponsored by Duracells with all the batteries their character, their fighters are charging. Yes, do it. Do it! <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> um... Yeah, so I host the 411 Ground and Pound MMA podcast. Wherever you're listening to this, you can type uh, that into your search engine there and you'll be able to find me. I I record that late Sunday evening, so it goes live late Sunday slash early Monday. Your weekly look into the wide, wacky, wonderful world of mixed martial arts should should you be so inclined. And next week, I try desperately not to set something or myself on fire. If you're going to set yourself, I've told you this a hundred times. I know. If you're going to set yourself on fire, do it on the air. Keep it to three minutes so I can put it on TikTok. Oh, it'll take longer than three minutes, but you can, I'm sure you can choose the best. Three. I'll choose the best three minutes. Please make sure you're ranting while you're doing it. All right, folks. That I'm pretty is sure it. it'll just be incoherent screening, but. <laughs> Look, you have the magic of editing. You <laughs> could put a rant over it while I'm on fire. I could find an old one, sure. Folks, I got to poop. Good night. Be well, be safe, and behave. <laughs>